Welcome to the Contact Center Gurus, the podcast for contact center and customer experience leaders. Learn best practices, new technologies, tips and tricks, and more. Today's episode is sponsored by Support Logic. Support Logic is the world's first support experience platform for customer support leaders, helping you move from providing reactive to proactive support. Reduce customer escalations by 40%, reduce customer churn by 25%, improve proactive outreach by 60% and more. Extract the voice of the customer in real time without surveys. Elevate your customer support and transform your customer experience with groundbreaking applications for next-generation customer service and support. Change the game with applications that leverage innovative AI and NLP technology, intelligent workflows, and intuitive UI for the SX platform. Sign up now for a free sandbox environment at www.supportlogic.io. This podcast is sponsored by Balto. Do your reps forget the right things to say on calls? Do they frequently put customers on hold because they don't know the answer? Or maybe they forget to ask discovery questions that help qualify customers. With Balto, you can guide each rep through their conversations at the push of a button. Balto rides along your rep's screens, listens to both sides of the conversation, and shows them the best things to say live on the call. After just 14 weeks of using Balto, National General Insurance saw 16% higher conversions and 53-second lower handle times. Head over to balto.ai backslash guru to get a free pair of Bose headphones for a demo. That's B-A-L-T-O dot A-I backslash G-U-R-U. This podcast is also sponsored by OzoneTel. Is a contact center part of your customer service strategy? OzoneTel's AI-assisted platform will help you deliver the best experience possible. It's an affordable contact center solution with advanced features, deep native integrations, and outstanding service. There are no contracts or annual commitments, and you can get a basic contact center deployed within hours. Experience it yourself with a free trial at www.ozonetel.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Tech Gurus. Cloud Tech Gurus are the hottest technology matchmakers for contact center leaders in the country. Sourcing technologies and solution providers is grueling, time-consuming, and complicated. They make the process simpler and more efficient. The gurus map out your requirements, source solutions providers, help you choose the one that is the right fit, and help manage the implementation, all at no cost. They work with nearly every major vendor, more than 150 solutions providers, and are vendor agnostic. They help save you time, money, and headaches. Visit www.cloudtechgurus.com to learn more. Now, let's listen in. All right, welcome back everyone to the Contact Center Gurus. And if you forgot my name, it's Jessica Voss. I'll be your host today. And I have a recent new friend I definitely wanted to bring on. He's the guru in the CX space, Andreas. So first, can you please introduce yourself and let people know who are you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for much, so much for having me on um, 
your show. And uh, my name is Andreas Knofel. I'm obviously German, and I was trained as a mathematician, which didn't have many career prospects. So I became a consultant, implemented softwares for large enterprises, for small businesses for many years, and then expanded that skill set really into the arena of customer success. And that's where I've been working for the past 10 years, both full-time as well as a consultant to companies, helping those companies to engage better with their customers throughout the entire life cycle and provide experiences that are just so stellar that they cannot wait to renew their contracts with them. And I run an annual benchmark where people provide insights into what they are doing and how successful they are with that. And using my mathematician's hats that I sometimes uh, put on, I look then through this data and distill the best practice behaviors and uh, share that with the rest of the community so that we can learn from those champions like you would learn from, I always use Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone analyzes what he does as a quarterback to have so many Super Bowl rings. And um, I'm looking at the Super Bowl champions in terms of business performance and what they're doing differently and share it with the community. And that's some of the stuff that we will talk uh, about today. So very excited about that. Yes, definitely. You are definitely a guru. And I uh, got the pleasure of connecting with you recently. And today we'll be talking about customer success MythBuster, separating fake news from reality. And I love this topic. And and you kind of mentioned a few things. well, let's let's kind of take it back. Uh, and living in the CX world, uh, what's your dream role? My dream role sounds like an abandoned character from Star Wars, the C two PO. It's the chief uh, customer profit officer. I so not just that. looking at revenues, but really looking at profits that are generated both from the sales activities initially, as well as the retention initiatives that come more from the post-sales customer success world. That would be my dream role. I love that. Yeah, I mean, customer success, customer service, customer support, it's all about protecting uh, that revenue growing and expanding that revenue and you know you really kind of have to focus on that so I love the C2PO (laughs) (laughs) if I try to say that three times it's like a little tongue twister but I love that so um so how does the CSL earn a seat at the executive table and define CSL for those who aren't aware of that so the um customer success officer, basically the customer success leader, um, had struggle after this role initially was created a couple of years ago to really get that recognition. 
because a lot of people had been trained kind of in the pre-subscription cloud-based world that sales is king, product is king, finance is king, and nobody in a contact center, nobody in support, nobody in professional services, with a few exceptions, had basically access to this um, executive suite. And in order to get there, you need to prove that you provide value, that you're not just a nice to have, that you're not just something that looks good um, on some corporate website initiative, something like that, but that the efforts that you are taking to engage with the customers, to retain them, to expand their value that they're getting from it actually reaps financial benefits for the company. And um, that is what the, the discussion is all about at the executive table. How can our company be successful? How can we justify our investments to the investors and help them recoup their faith in the financial rewards that are put out. And so it's a very different the discussion to be had than how, how am I making my customer happy? How, how many likes do I get from my customers? That is important too, but in the end, it's not about the likes, it's about the profits that you're getting from those customers over the entire life cycle. And that's why this little tongue twister C2PO came to my mind. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's definitely very important to be measuring, you know, CSAT, customer sentiment, yes. the customer journey, the customer experience, and also equate that, you know, financially to the company to, you know, have the executive roundtable. Because yes, it's nice, you know, what's our CSAT score? Oh, we improved it by 5%. Okay, well, how does that equate to <laughs> revenue and profit to the companies? I know is what they want to hear. Obviously, executives do care about customer satisfaction, brand image, because you know it does equate. So those are all still important, everyone. Um, but you, you kind of want to quantify that too. Yes, and there have been some interesting studies of companies going all out. We provide the best experiences to our customers. We know their kids' birthdays and we send them holiday greeting cards and gift baskets and so on and so forth, but it didn't translate into customer loyalty. So you have to look into what does create true brand loyalty by understanding what the value is that someone is getting out of it, in addition to what is the experience when I engage with this company. Are people friendly? Is the product easy to use, et cetera, et cetera? Am I on hold for two hours like I've been last week trying to get help on one issue? And all this comes to the table, of course, but at the end of the day, in a commercial environment, it's all about the business value and how you get that value for the customer and how you get that value for the company. For sure, for sure. Now, another um, player in this equation is on the product side, 
we call them product frenemies. <laughs> so what, what's your, what's your thought on that? Cause I know they play, you know, a crucial role in uh, customer satisfaction, customer success. Oh, absolutely. In particular, since anything related to professional services has almost become a four letter word, something that you don't mention. And <laughs> In, in a good reason, I come from that industry and it's very near and dear to, to my heart, helping customers, consulting with them, making sure that they get the best use out of the product. But we also now have this in-app enablement, the entire ecosystem of everything that is presented to a customer to self-service, to minimize any type of external feedback that they need. And so any type of gaps that we would usually in professional services um, bridge through our co consulting has gone more away. And so the product team is very key to this. It's not just, oh, we will provide documentation, we will provide videos, we will provide this, that, and the other. this do we have too many screens is it confusing to jump around or whatever it could be just making some um, very simple uh, examples here and focus on what do the existing customers need to stay to grow in addition to what is the innovation all the cool stuff that engineering wants to do that the product team wants to do to conquer new worlds new markets go from this technology to that technology. Um, I spoke to someone recently and they said, if you mention AI and crypto as part of your application, whatever you're doing, you could sell coffee. It <laughs> is good for investors, right? And so that's what I want to focus, being a bit sarcastic. And so the um, head of product and myself, we are throughout the day, maybe the worst friends or the best enemies that you could have because we're trying to go through that balancing act be between customer retention and customer expansion and innovation. Yeah, I think another important aspect is around collaboration and swarming and making sure teams from the support side, success side, product side really you know, swarm in if, you know, there's a customer issue or anything. It could be product feedback, feature requests. It, it could be anything. It's about extracting that, that data and creating that, you know, collabor collaboration across departments is Absolutely. vital. <laughs> I still see companies where they're all like segmented, like in their own islands, doing their own thing. They don't talk to each other. <laughs> well, um... I got most of my battle scars um, having and then dealing with customer de-escalations. And exactly to, to your point, breaking down the silos first, opening those communication channels in those crisis situations so that um, 
there are no communication gaps there, et cetera, et cetera. And then taking that same model and making it an everyday behavior, not just we pull this out of a drawer in case of emergency and um, have regular meetings. I did um, team building exercises between support, um, services, engineering, and marketing so that people really know that the person on the other end, it's not them versus us. It's like, no, we're all one team here. And to provide this feedback from, from both sides in, in both di directions very fluidly, seamlessly, without any effort, and on an ad hoc basis, as well as on a regular kind of more orchestrated cadence, where we would go through, okay, here are all the feature requests. What else is on the pipeline? What can we promise customers, et cetera, et cetera. And overlay the demands of the customers, the demands of the um, customers and the innovators for new things, right? With the reality of what can actually be produced with a high enough level of quality and I mean, it's not just that the code is not buggy, but that it has all these uh, surrounding capabilities to it so that the internal team, the customer team, the support team, the contact center, everyone is enabled and empowered to actually make sense of that stuff. Instead of like in one company where engineering was feeding out this great stuff that nobody had a clue about how to use it. And then customers tried to use it and they crashed. And then everyone was left with a very bad taste. Yeah, that reminds me of companies who saying they're customer centric, <laughs> but have all these silos and it's all about that siloed department, whether it's, you know, marketing or sales or success or support, PS, <laughs> all of them. Yes. Yeah, well, so and, they kind of um, focus on their own tasks sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. And since you brought this up as one of the myth to be busted, right? When you say we are a customer-centric organization, and then you look into how a customer is viewed, and the first thing in, in terms of a segmentation is, how much money are we getting out of them? I was like, okay, that doesn't speak to what is the issue that I'm trying to solve? What is the value that I'm trying to, uh, to get? It's very inward focused. Of course, you treat a customer that pays you millions of dollars way differently than one that pays you hundreds of dollars. That's, <laughs> that's a no-brainer, right? But it shouldn't be the first thing. The first thing should be to align yourselves around the language that the customer speaks and understands, not telling them this is how you should feel about our products or services. It's like, no, this is the experience that you're having both the emotional experience as well as the business performance experience that you have. This is how we are validating this and group people in that way. And that should become part of the segmentation, not just for marketing from a communication perspective. That helps with the product team. It's like, well, the capabilities, let's overlay those with 
where are the customer needs, where are the customer segments that would benefit from those capabilities the most. Some other things may be more interesting, some other things maybe from a customer that yells a lot and yells loud and has direct line to the CEO <laughs> and stuff like that, but that shouldn't be the case. And then your customer actually, if they see this in all the outbound communication they're getting from marketing in the way that sales is uh, positioning any types of products and services, in the way they're introduced to like-minded people in the community and how anything post sales from a support, from a contact center, from a services customer success per uh, perspective engages with them, has that consistent picture. It's like, they're talking to me in my language. They understand my problem and how I need to solve this problem and how I validate how this problem is solved. And if you make that front and center and then all the operational things that you need by industry, by revenue, by region, et cetera, et cetera, then you have a better chance to create that tight bond with your customer, to create that loyalty, to move forward, not just as a status quo, but to create that excitement about your products and services that there is always room for expansion. Wow, I love all that. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, you are the guru, like I said. So I know you mentioned earlier about um, benchmarking yourself. So how, how, do you, how can you help other people become champions or help other people in the customer success world? I know you've done a few things. I've, I've definitely done, done a few things. So you could go to customersuccessperformanceindex.com, all one word, no any type of gaps, stashes, other characters in there. And that will lead you to the um, um, benchmark survey where you're not just telling this is what I'm doing, yes, no, here, yes, no, there, something like that, but also how your business is performing. That provides data into the pool of um, all the other customers that I can then analyze at the end. But what is you it by is it a benchmark for the company as a whole or individual CS leaders? You could treat both. it as both. Okay. You could treat it as both. I've seen actually one CS leader had the entire CS team take the benchmark for themselves and measure mm -hmm. themselves and their behaviors out of it and use this as a baseline to help his entire department to realign around their internal champions. Not just, okay, you know, this person is performing better, but what are they doing differently that leads to that performance? And so the benchmark gave, gave them a... Um, a great insight um, into the differences be between the best practices that they thought they had and what individuals were, were doing. And so it helped them um, greatly in that. And um, 
since the um, benchmark we have for fabulous people on the advisory board looks at so many dimensions that are important to drive the net revenue re retention, um, you get a very comprehensive picture. And as a thank you for providing your data to the benchmark, you get instantaneously a report that A tells you, here is your performance, here is what other people are doing, and here is where they are higher or lower in their score based on the eight dimension of this customer success performance index. And that provides you some insights into, hmm, coming back to the Tom Brady analogy, if he is doing something differently to have so many Super Bowl rings, right, then maybe I should adopt the same behaviors. And so that is something that um, we pro provide in this. All the data is completely anonymized and cannot be kind of linked back to, uh, to anyone. So we also have the data security aspect in there. And um, that is then a win-win for both. Um, I get in another data point and you for participating and get your benchmark results um, immediately and can see where you are. And I've had CS leaders use the report to go at the executive table or with the CEO when it comes to negotiating their salary and bonus and said like, look, I'm in the top 20%, right? This is not just, okay, here's the number that you said I should get and here's the number that I achieved, but here is among my peers overall what my performance is. So it becomes very empowering. And again, it's all based on observing the best practice behaviors that other people are doing as well and how that leads to better financial performance to higher profits for the organization. And uh, so, of course, as the inventor, I'm very much in love with it, but I think it's an, also an important tool. And there aren't that many questions. So in about 10 minutes time, you should be able to complete this for yourself in your organization. So again, customersuccessperformanceindex.com unlocks this. You can look on LinkedIn. I recently launched an 11-part series of mini podcasts. They're about five minutes each on the most salient topics, what you should do, what the champions are doing differently from the rest of the organizations. Are they having customer um, surveys like um, NPS? And 100% of the leading companies are doing it. When you look at the rest, um, it's only at about 50%. Ah, so that's a behavior I should maybe adopt just to take one example. How do I segment custom? How am I doing this? Not um, trying to divert from this, but that's another great source. And you can, of course, always ask me for additional help if you want to. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> thank you so much for your time today. Lots of great info. Thank you. Love the benchmark. Like I said, I, I consider you a, a CS guru. So I've probably said that 20 or so times. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to count, I'll give you a little prize. Uh, but I'll have your uh, LinkedIn information, your YouTube, your benchmark link all in the 
notes and Thank in the you. comments in our YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, anyone listening, please reach out to Andreas. He is a wealth of information. We didn't want to make a two hour podcast. So we gave you a little teaser today. <laughs> so I appreciate your time and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you again for having me. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Contact Center Gurus podcast. Make sure to visit our sponsor pages, Support Logic at www.supportlogic.io, Balto at www.balto.ai, OzoneTel at www.ozonetel.com, Cloud Tech Gurus at www.cloudtechgurus.com. Don't forget to subscribe and we will see you next time.